0: From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning,
1: focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio.
2: That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Radio Hour as we launch our 25th year on the air. Appreciate all of you who have helped us along the way, especially you, our listeners, and our wonderful guests uh, this is indeed the day the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it and we're glad to welcome in Father Michael Kiernan one of the regulars on this program uh, father good day to you
1: good day to you Bob and to all your listeners and uh, God bless you all on this pretty day
2: yes it's, it's, uh, it's a it's beautiful day again uh, uh, we're in the middle of the El Nino which I guess was named after the Christ child
1: Indeed. That's, yes, el niño. Yeah.
2: That's. I I I don't know if our Savior knew us knew a kind of a weather system would be named after him, but I guess he knew everything. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, everything before, after, and in between.
2: That's right. In, indeed, indeed. Well, we are launched into the season of Advent, kind of. In a strange way, Thanksgiving so early this year, Uh, but uh, indeed, uh, Advent is upon us. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about that. Maybe maybe you can talk about it a little bit uh, in uh, what happened in the old sod when you were a boy.
1: Well, it was uh, probably more a strict time than it is now. It wasn't as strict, of course, as uh, Lent even then. But uh, uh, just like now, I, I think Advent, you know, Lent sort of gets its full value, but Advent doesn't. and that, uh, I think that's exactly even right. Then, uh, there's, a, you know, the fussing for Christmas and all that. Uh, I remember that well, uh, my mother going to the store. For the big shopping to get the Christmas things, as she said, we have to go over and get the Christmas things. And so, we would all go, and of course, it was all business and busyness and uh, excitement. But uh, the uh, the advent liturgies, yeah. Well, of course, I grew up in a small town and small community, and so we wouldn't have the, you know, the big liturgies like they would have in cathedrals and other. Big churches. Ours was a small parish church, um, so Advent was not that eventful, to tell you the truth, in regard to the liturgy. Um,
2: yes, Father, are you with us? I think we may have uh, we may have lost Father here for a minute. We will en- endeavor to get him back on the air and uh, talk a little bit more about. Advent when he was uh, growing up, I uh, should remind you that uh, from heaven on high, celebrating the beauty and joy of Christmas, Sacred Hearts Annual Schola Cantorum Qu- uh, Choir, celebrating the beauty and joy of Christmas, uh, their, their concert with Ryan Enright on the uh, organ, Donald Kendrick conducting their beautiful concert, two performances, Saturday, December 16 at 7.30 p.m., Sunday, December 17 at 2 p.m., all of it taking place at Sacred Heart Church, 39th and J here in Sacramento. Beautiful church and a beautiful place for a concert. Uh, $20 general, $15 students and seniors. Uh, there will be some tickets available at the door, but best to get them ahead of time. You can go to scolacantorum.com uh, and, or you can phone them at 850 uh, 545 Four two nine eight. That's eight five zero five four five, four two nine eight. And again, uh, tickets are available at the door. Saturday, December sixteenth, seven thirty p.m. And then the wonderful matinee on Sunday at two p.m. And uh, bring the bring your kids as well. And there will be a a sing along portion of that as well. So uh, um, just great great stuff. Uh, it's one of those things you don't. Want to miss and uh, home for the holidays? The Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra's uh, great event is December the 9th, Saturday, December the ninth. Just one performance, a matinee, December nine, a uh, Saturday, and that will all take place at the Memorial Auditorium in downtown Sacramento. And tickets are going fast for that one as well. So, uh, uh, and that's that's a don't miss, uh, a don't miss event, and it too has a sing-along, a lot of the traditional Christmas carols, and then a lot of uh, um, some of the new stuff, a wonderful uh, soloist, et cetera. So um, looking forward to that as well. Camp Pendola up in Camptonville in Yuba County uh, is having a year-round facility supervisor caretaker. They're hiring for this, who will live on-site at Camp Pendola, oversee all maintenance of the camp, seeking someone with general knowledge of carpentry, electrical work, plumbing, and janitorial care, uh, and also is able to work independently and with a team. Uh, for more information, uh, you can uh, contact Jennifer Campbell. She's the director of Camp Pendole. She's at 916-733-0135 or jcampbell at scd.org. So that uh, uh, could be a, a, a great uh, event for for someone who wants to, uh, to uh, live, live up there in isolation and take care of that camp. Uh, Father, do we have you back? I don't believe we have Father Kiernan back, so uh, we will uh, endeavor to uh, get him again. And we were talking about uh, Advent with him. And Advent, uh, he grew up in, uh, in the great country of Ireland, and so we'll talk with him when we get him back on. Uh, vocation events coming up uh, in the new year. The World Day of Consecrated Life is February 3rd and 4th. These are just things to uh, circle the date, if you will. The World Day of Prayer for Vocations, April uh, the 24th. Uh, Also, um, they're calling all lectors and psalmists, your true voice workshop, Saturday, December 9th, 8.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., Our Lady of Mercy Parish in Reading, will host Dr. Mel Kennedy as the speaker in Your uh, your True Voice workshop. Her practical approach has helped lectors, cantors, psalmists, and gospel readers across the country become more effective in fulfilling their liturgical role and deepening their own spiritual journey. Uh, the deadline to register is December 5th. You can call Kathy Williams. Kathy is at 530-355-4187. Also, circle this state, Vocare, who are you called to be? February 23rd and 24th, uh, you're invited to join the Office of Priestly and Religious Vocations for an upcoming young adult deter- discernment retreat for men and women ages 18 to 35. Young adults will have the opportunity to reflect and ponder on the vocation, gain tools for discernment, discernment and prayer as they meet with religious women and men to discern their vocation whether it be religious life or the priesthood. A registration is now open. The weekend schedule, Friday, February 23rd from 4 to 9 p.m. and Saturday, February 24th from 9 a.m. to uh, 5 p.m. And, and again, uh, coming up in the in the spring, uh, in the summer rather, a uh, Quo Vadis retreat for boys, ages 13 to 17, August 2nd through the 4th. Uh, where are you going? Uh, boys ages 13 to 17, we'll learn about the priesthood, diaconate, and married life. The retreat will be in person. There will be time for fellowship, games, and prayer about their vocation. And uh, registration will open on April 1. I believe we have uh, Father Michael Kiernan back with us. Father, are you with us?
1: Yes, I am. Yes. Oh, there uh, you go. Good, uh... Uh,
2: we, we had you back on the old sod. I thought maybe you got on an airplane and got nostalgic and decided to go home.
1: Well, I almost did. You know, I thought to myself, if they don't get back to me pretty soon here, (laughs) I'm out of here. (laughs) You went back for your 50th anniversary of the
2: priesthood, though, didn't you? Just uh, last summer, was it?
1: Yes, uh, in June. I was over over there and got a beautiful time over there with family and friends to celebrate that milestone. And uh, I mean, in some ways, it seems like a long time ago now, but it was a lovely time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. which day in June is summer? Just one day, right? Summer in Ireland.
1: Well, it was very unusual. Then we got more than one day. Wow. So I don't know whether it was a miracle or what, on account of the ordination. But uh, <laughs> certainly we got ten whole days in a row of California weather. And it, oh my! Uh, it just was. Uh, from the I stayed ten days actually there, and from the moment I stepped off the plane till I got back on it, uh, didn't. It was shirt uh, sleeve weather and and um, just uh, beautiful and uh, uh, created a lovely atmosphere for the celebration. Yeah. What,
2: which part? Per- what, what part of uh, the Republic are you from?
1: On the very center, a place called Longford. And uh, Ireland is like a saucer, and there's mountains sort of all around a bit, but uh, or hills anyway. But the center is just really flat and. Uh, small county called Longford and uh, born and raised there until I was 18 and then went to a seminary in Waterford County, Waterford City, the great mm-hmm. city of the Waterford Lass, famous Waterford Lass and so in a sense yes, yeah, yeah. almost like my second home, uh, Waterford uh, that part of Ireland, I, very, very special to me too.
2: Longford was in what county?
1: It's a, it's a county. Yeah. I was, no, it's a county uh, by the itself. town itself. Yeah. The county. they, counted, they there was one county there in the center and the little town area that I was born in was a place called Bandra, B A N D R A small little community. Uh, they called it British was, all those were set up by the British called townlands. And so you'd have townland this and townland that, and mm-hmm. they were all sections just to, for government purposes. Um, uh almost like we have uh, here you know in various uh, small little towns so um that's where i grew up uh, grew up on a farm uh, so we had a lot of animals and uh produce a lot of our own stuff so but there's still a lot to be got for christmas and uh, so around this time mother would be uh, uh we also had a lot of turkeys and so we were always selling the turkeys they, we had the turkeys over there for Christmas rather than for uh-huh. Thanksgiving here because they didn't have Thanksgiving. So there would be great excitement about selling all these turkeys and depending on how the market was and uh, how uh, well they were selling and all of these things. So I remember my mom and dad uh, busy with all that. Yeah. Were you the one that had to pluck the pin feathers? Well, no, we actually sold all the turkeys uh, live, you know. Oh, okay, and then you didn't, didn't have to
2: do the dirty work.
1: <laughs> no, we didn't get to do that. We get to. Uh, well, of course, it was the ones we keep for ourselves, and so sure. on. my older sister was an expert on that, and she was sort of like second mother to us. So she organized everything.
2: <laughs> my, I only ask because uh, my sweetheart, my wife uh, Shelley when she was a teenager she worked in a turkey factory and said it was the most difficult job she ever had
1: wow it would be yeah so uh, i bet she's not that into turkeys nowadays a lot you of people did, who you got that work right. in a particular field <laughs> uh you know uh people who grew certain things or each had to eat certain things when they're growing up uh, right. and the famous story of george uh, bush when he was president he said, I'm the president of the United States, and I don't have to eat broccoli. Broccoli? (laughs) (laughs) I have certain rights as president, and one of them is I don't want to eat broccoli. So, of course, the broccoli business went crazy and took exception, and he had to sort of apologize to them that he was sort of (laughs) joking because –
2: Oh, uh, they were right. saying,
1: you're going to kill our business here.
2: <laughs> it probably gave him, it gave, gave uh, the broccoli industry a good shot in the arm, really. You know, some people Well, in the long run,
1: it. I think it came out of it okay that yeah. you got people talking about it and, <laughs> and so on. That's one of the ways of things that, you know, whatever way things go, sometimes it can go against you, but sometimes it can go in your favor. Yeah.
2: Yeah, indeed. Indeed. And so uh, your mom was off getting the Christmas things, right? Did she have to go to the big city?
1: No, actually, it was we had a decent little store there, and we had uh, the, the guy who owned it. Actually, uh, interesting enough, was almost killed by the British. He was in jail for many years when he fought when they for the Irish fight for independence, and mm-hmm. he was sentenced to death. But he escaped somehow, and I came back to um, had this very large store, and just had a little bit of everything there, so you could get all the things you wanted of. Uh, the different food things and so on and um, it, the people would be lined up you know for a mile away uh, mm-hmm. and uh, waiting and they in line and and um, that was a great time of fellowship and of course uh, winter in Ireland is uh, quite dark and dreary and cold oh sure. very cold uh, but uh, you know if the sun comes up at all more or less it doesn't show like very well so generally it's 10 or 11 o'clock in the day when it gets sort of half decent. And then it's getting gawk again at this time of year by, or then by for sure at the end of December, um, at, um, about four o'clock about or 4.30. Four o'clock, so yeah. dreary days. And, uh, then if it doesn't rain, uh, ha- all day, it rains half day. <laughs> <laughs> and we got snow as well. And, uh, we a certain amount of snow, but, uh, uh, not that often but uh, certainly mm-hmm. cold weather and icy roads and all that and so remember all that uh, well and don't miss that particular part <laughs> yeah <but> it's <laughs> and of it's, course heating uh, and everything wasn't like it is now
2: it, it's still it's home you know and people uh, they get nostalgic for even the things at home that were difficult sometimes
1: well that's for sure uh, though actually like everything else in ireland I was back there, must have been 10 years ago or more, <coughs> for Christmas and my sister was sort of making fun of me because she would say, you know, Michael, you, you're you thinking this is Christmas the way you grew up, but we've left that a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Here, you know, it's, it's all, you know, the, the different world that we're all in, uh, but certainly the change of, in fact, I don't think the... The spiritual side of Christmas is well brought out at all in, in Ireland, uh, uh, nearly as well as it was, and nearly as well as it is here. Uh, I mean, I think, uh, and I was telling people that when I was back there, that, you know, those who are involved in church here are very involved. Now, it's true over there, too, but a smaller minority of people who are involved over there nowadays. Uh, but, uh, of course, when I was a boy... Everybody in the community was was Catholic and uh, everybody went to church and all of that. So uh, and we had the, the famous uh, opportunity that priests had to um, say uh, three masses. It was this great privilege that you had uh, to say three masses. Uh, and so the priest would say three masses, bang, bang, bang. And if you were the altar server at the first Mass, you got stuck then with serving for the next two Masses, which were a little bit shorter because there was no homily in the second Mass and the third Mass and so on. But it was this great privilege that priests had. And, you know, interestingly enough, I see where the bishops in out had a noticed today saying that priests are allowed to do four Masses on December 24 oh, wow. this year because uh, of the... Uh, the need in the sense that, uh, like, um, uh, for instance at the cathedral, um, where I am, we'll have, uh, an eight and a 10 and a 12, uh, eight and 10 in English and 12 in Spanish. And then we'll have a two o'clock in the uh, Chinese. And then we'll have a five in, uh, sort of, so that'll be all Sunday. And there's going to be a very crazy Sunday that day. And that's because Christmas Eve. then you turn Eve. around after that's lunch. Christmas Eve. And you're getting Christmas Eve. Right. And so uh, we'll have the big uh, children's mass or family masses up it's often called, uh, at 5 o'clock. Then we'll have another mass at um, 8 o'clock. And then we have the midnight mass with Bishop Soto, of course. Uh, Bishop Wigan nearly always does the 8 o'clock in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, uh, uh, the great choir and singing and uh, hymns and all about eleven fifteen, And then at 12 o'clock midnight, uh, Bishop Soto will be there to uh, do the uh, beautiful Midnight Mass. So if any of you uh, listeners are out there would like to come to Midnight Mass with the bishop, he'll be right there. And that's Sunday night, Monday morning, Sunday, Christmas Day, whatever. You can make whatever you want of it, but re- it's a complicated time. But
2: I remember when my kids were little, they were fascinated with the concept of Midnight Mass. And we would always say, oh, Mm -hmm. sure, we can go to Midnight Mass. And about 8.30, they would be sound asleep. And we didn't go to Midnight Mass uh, until they were really uh, probably 12, 13, 14 years old, you know, and and could actually come to Mass and and participate in Mass, you know. But uh, when they were very young, they just thought that was, they were intrigued by that I think even the name, Midnight Mass, you know, there was just something intriguing to them about that. But So on Christmas yeah, so- Eve, on Sunday, you can go to Mass at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and then turn around and go to Midnight Mass the same, well, almost the same day, or, or even the 8 o'clock Mass.
1: Well, you can, or even the 5 o'clock Mass, and that evening is the starts the Christmas, you know, so right, right. you go to Sunday Mass at 2 and go to Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve Mass <laughs> <It's> at 5. <laughs> so, uh, go to Mass at 2, go out and have a, a little something of a freshman in between and run off to Mass again uh, uh, in the evening. So, then you get all, everything taken care of the one day, but... uh I can see the uh, downtown Sacramento the hotels then,
2: uh, having a special, you know, uh, two Masses for the price <laughs> of one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Indeed, so... Great times coming up and, of course, the, uh, well, the Advent is a wonderful time of preparation. And, uh, in fact, you know, the the readings that we have and the, uh, I always am impressed with all the readings, but there's a very beautiful one, you know, uh, at the uh, first uh, Sunday of Advent uh, where uh, uh, St. Paul is telling the Corinthian people, I give thanks to my God always on your account. And I think that's something actually that maybe we need to do a little bit more uh, in our church uh, today uh, as bishops and priests and so on to thank God for the gift of uh, the family of the church that we have because uh, sometimes, you know, we can beat up on ourselves as, uh, as people and, and not realize you know, who we are for, uh, as he goes on to say, you are enriched in every way uh, with in Christ, uh, so that you are not lacking any spiritual gift as you wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, I think if people, uh, you know, could, could keep growing in their faith and understanding the beauty of their faith and realizing who they are and what God has done and is doing in their life, and especially through the uh, uh, the Birth of Christ. Uh, I was just reading an interesting thing this, today, which sort of knew but never averted too much. Uh, that w- the question was why did uh, Lucifer, Satan, you know, who was obviously extremely smart, uh, and of a higher, he was one of the higher level of angels. You know, there's different levels of angels uh, in the angelic world, but uh, he was one of the higher, le- in the higher level. And uh, why did he revolt? Why did he get upset? Why did he uh, cause all this trouble? And the thinking is, though nobody knows for sure, but the thinking is that he just couldn't take the fact that eventually, as we know at Christmas, Jesus, you know, God would become human and take on the human form and actually would place human beings, as we have now, Higher than the angels, you and I are mm-hmm. higher than the angels, and he couldn't handle that, and he just couldn't deal with it. So it's, but it's when you think of that, uh, that uh, you know, to to realize that, not in the sense of pride or showing off. Or, oh, look at me! I'm higher than the angels, right. you know, Bob. Right. <laughs> well, no, that would be silly. But to realize it as a dignity, as a gift, and mm-hmm. that, you know that Jesus did come and that God became, uh, as St. Augustine says, God became human so that we, humans could become God, and so that we put on Christ and were in Christ and so on. So I think if our people could, uh, uh, you know, really avert to that more, and maybe we need to do a better job in uh, teaching that uh, beauty of our faith, uh, as uh, Benedict XVI used to say, you know, it's not about a moral code, though that has its place, but it's about a relationship with Jesus and our salvation in Christ and, you know, all that we are, all that we have, and receiving the Eucharist and everything, Uh, and being the body of Christ ourselves, uh, you know, the community of faith. uh, What a beautiful concept. And I think Advent leads to a lot of that.
2: And that's so profound that, that Jesus became man, which gives just essential dignity to man. I mean that's that's oh yeah yeah I mean that's that's uh, that's it hits me right in the heart.
1: Yeah, I know. One priest was telling me he preached about that at Christ the King uh, uh, feast. You know that mm-hmm. obviously, if we could see that and also accept uh, Jesus as the true King uh, that that uh, he was, that he is, then you know well, all really eventually, but certainly a whole different situation could arise in regard to the world if we could put ourselves under the kingship of uh, Christ rather than the kingship of this person or that person or money or power or all the things that we make, in a sense, kings in our lives, uh, political people, uh, glory and fame and uh, all these things. But if we knew that you know, and that we're in the kingship of uh, of Christ. Um, it's not just that Christ is King Himself, but that He has taken us into that intimate relationship with Him. And I think if you, I think that's what enabled the martyrs and enables Peter people right now, even in many parts of the world, to never give up because they know that Christ is in them, that they're under. That they're in Christ, that they're the dignity, like you said, and then that they're on the way to heaven, and all that is is happening. And no matter what happens in their life, they know that's a given.
2: Yeah, this too shall pass away. You know, I mean, all of all of these trials and turmoils and tribulations of man will pass away, and uh, um, heaven will be heaven in in (laughs) the most uh, unimaginable. Uh, meaning of the word.
1: Indeed, indeed. And, uh, and I think that's what, uh, you know, I suppose sometimes we, it's beautiful that we have the baby Jesus concept and all that and uh, baby in the manger, but uh, that it's, you now the church gets right into even the readings on Sunday, on Christmas Day, you know, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and so on. And so for to see ourselves in that picture, that it wasn't just that uh, Jesus came uh, to um, be born and then live and die, and then say, well, that's taken care of that. I'm back to heaven now, and uh, all that is done. But that actually he continues in the church, and uh, that's not an easy concept, of course, to explain, and it's not an easy concept for our people even to accept, because sometimes you see the church, you know, and you think of all the problems of abuse and so on and other issues and the personalities of priests or bishops or even popes and so on and so it's very easy to think of the church as you know a political organization or just a social organization or uh so on so on but uh, and there's certainly some of that and we have our weaknesses in as but still the fundamental thing is that uh god chose to come and to uh make us you know into uh the body of christ as the church the holy people of god and christ living in us and us living in him i wish uh, we could do a better job in uh, sharing that and because then it would help us to not only see our own dignity but the dignity of everybody else and uh, as saint bonaventure said uh, greet each person you meet with the same respect as you would the lord jesus christ himself wow. A, Make a bit of a different world, Bob, if boy, we can get we, that we, done.
2: Well, boy, if we, could, if we could do that, I, I think uh, every problem known to man would fade away.
1: Well, on the sad, the amazing thing about it is, and since it's, it's, it's beautiful and it's also sad that it's there for us, uh, Yeah. Uh, if we just uh, could really believe it and, and put it into practice, and of course, that's what the great saints uh, were able to do that, and and um give themselves uh, and realize who they were and God's plan for them and uh, who they were in 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 God's um, work. so that's a beautiful thing and uh, Advent I think opens all that up for us and points us in the right direction with it and and hopefully uh, uh, these days and uh, I have uh, I've had a lot of confessions this last week and one of the things I was telling people, you know, was to uh, see this, um, see Advent as a time of renewal and turning new page and uh, move on from whatever is tying you down and hurting you and so on. Well, uh, try to move on from that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And turn yeah. a new page. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, let the past be the past. It's hard, it's hard to do sometimes, but um, indeed, it's hard to forgive yourself, or maybe it's hard to forgive your neighbor. Um, I think that's one of the toughest things Jesus ever asked us to do: is love your neighbor as yourself, and yet, um, and and love your enemy, uh, give them the shirt off your back, and all that. Uh, as you said, if if everybody did that. It'd be a heck of a lot better world, but it's very hard to do. Uh, it's it's hard to let go of hate and anger and being wronged, or it's hard to to let go of uh, your own sins. You know, um, even even if you Well, gotta, indeed, you and again,
1: it yeah, and again, it has that whole thing of being renewed and washed clean and yep. put into Christ. And you know, I was just reading an interesting thing of. Uh, I think we could get a plenary indulgence for anyone who knows who this person is. (laughs) The servant of God, Wanda Blenska. Wanda Blenska. Wow. (laughs) So Wanda Blenska was a person born in uh, Poland, and she actually ended up in Uganda taking care of uh, lepers. And uh, uh, she was a wonderful person who... uh, her first thing to do when she met a leper was to shake hands with the leper, even if they had very little of a hand left, because as mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it uh, takes away everything. So she would um, uh, do that. And so I think we don't have to do that extreme, but certainly to, uh, I suppose we all are lepers in some ways it like you say, we have sin and weaknesses and so on, but if people could, um, both see their, their own forgiveness in Christ and then share that with others and uh, make it a reality for people around them, what a different world it would be. Oh,
2: indeed, indeed. And I, like you said earlier, uh, if we all treated everybody we met as, as if we were greeting Christ himself, uh, wow.
1: And I, I think never, the, my, the challenge for it is that we have to do that in ourselves because, you know, to to really... In fact, it may be easier for you to see Christ in others, but it almost seems like pride, or well, I can't, see, uh, I can't do that. I, I don't feel good. I don't feel I'm worthy. I'm, right. I'm Christ champion me, and you know that sort of thing. Which, again, as I say, we don't want to have a pride thing enter into it. But on the other hand, you know, you should be able to take pride in the fact that you're an American citizen, for example, and you have the rights and privileges of an American citizen. You have the privilege and the right of being a father, and uh, you know, the dignity of that as a father and as a husband. And and you know you can't go around denying it. You have to rejoice in it and mm-hmm. be blessed with it, and uh, see that you're the father of these children, your lovely children that you have, Bob. And and then again, as I say, not going around think you know saying that you're the greatest only person in the world, but. But to see that and to then live out of that, and if if I said something to you or anybody else says something to you, you know who you are because you're you're this man who is married to this lovely woman and then you're married, you have these lovely children, and you're preparing, you're fighting for them, and and that's your, you know, there's respect there. So I think we could then do that in spades with who we are in Christ and that Christ has died for you, died for me, And given us new life and that we actually are filled with the Holy Spirit, as St. Paul says, and that we are the holy people of God and the body of Christ. And uh, I think if one saw themselves as that, then uh, there wouldn't be the need for a lot of the pushing and shoving that we do to get higher up. Because uh, if I see, in fact, we, we see ourselves as not good and bad and Inferior and stuff. Then we're all the time trying to promote ourselves and get ahead. But in fact, when we see that whatever we are, uh, whatever position we have, or whatever, that we're God's child, and that God is, we're in God, and God is in us. So, I pray that maybe during Advent uh, we can share that message with our people, and our people can take it and see. As we go back to where we were at the beginning of our conversation, that Jesus became. Uh, a human being so that all of human beings could uh, become part of the family of God, not only when we die, but actually as, as Jesus himself said, uh, this is eternal life to know God and Jesus Christ to be a sent and to know it now and to be in it and on our way. And of course, receiving the Eucharist. And when you think of that, that now you're wrapped up in Jesus and he fills you with his body and blood. Uh, oh my gosh, that's uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful.
2: Yeah. And it's available to all of us, not just the elite, not just the privileged, uh, you know, uh, it's available to all of us equally. Uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, and we're loved equally. Um, and Jesus and God, they, they care about us equally, you know, as, as we care for our own children.
1: Well, indeed how well said. And, uh, Again, I suppose maybe sometimes we think of, uh, well, if I say this about myself, you know that God is in me and I'm in God. Well, you know, has that been sort of selfish, or am no. I? But uh, tying in what you're saying, it's available to every human being, right. and uh, so one can. Uh, uh, everybody is in this. Nobody is excluded, and anybody can be saved, and everybody can admit themselves to Christ. And uh, even if you haven't been doing it right a lot up to now, well, there's always tomorrow. And uh, wherever you're living in the world, all the people you know in every part of the world, uh, as you say, uh, God loves each of us individually. And um, uh, it's just a beautiful—well, it's just the reality. It's not just a beautiful idea. It's it's the reality.
2: It's reality. And and it's available to all of us. And you know, my dad used to say, many people have said this. You know, bloom where you're planted. Wherever you are, it's available to you. You can bloom right there.
1: Oh, indeed, and and uh, and it's it's a free gift. I mean, it's not something you have to earn or right. right. Uh, you know, because. Uh, it's like your children, for instance, you love them from the moment they were born. And whatever they'll become then, you know, they'll become, but will they become a doctor a teacher, an astronaut, a president or whatever they become? Well, God bless them. That's great. But you gave them the gifts of life and you love them. And some of them will probably get into much higher careers than others, but all of them are going to be loved whether they become this, that or the other. Exactly. And uh, so the same with us, with God, that, You know, it's not because uh, I'm a better person than you and therefore God loves me more um, because I've earned it. Well, certainly we should respond to God's uh, call, of course, and love just like you do to your wife or she does to you. But it doesn't mean that it's an earned love uh, and that you have to keep proving it. Uh, So that's just the great gift of salvation in Jesus Christ who has come uh, to save the whole world. And the only way we don't get it is if we opt out, if yeah. we don't uh, commit ourselves, you know, accept the, the gift of salvation and give, commit ourselves to God and then try to serve God and do all we can to be holy and good. Well, if we do that, uh, God will give us... And the beauty also is that we're given the strength to do it by the Holy Spirit. Right. I mean, we can't do things by ourselves. We have to cooperate, of course. But uh, on the other hand, the... You know, I know Bishop Wigan when he talks uh, in his uh, homilies at Confirmation, he talks about that uh, Confirmation is like the uh, plugging in of your uh, phone, you know. it's uh, You've been on the phone all day and it's almost uh, dead, but here you plug it in and an hour from now it's all full up again, uh, all uh, ready to go and you can use it for the rest of the day uh, because it's uh, <laughs> uh, fully filled up. Uh, uh, with um, with power, so in the same way, to think of that as the Holy Spirit in our lives, uh, giving us the strength and encouragement uh, and wisdom to do uh, what God wants us to do.
2: Amen. Amen. Father, uh, always a joy to talk with you. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk again before Christmas, but uh, if we do, well, any time. We
1: it's lovely to talk with you and your te- and your people. Yeah, and all the people out there and. Um, any particular exciting things coming up that uh, in general way that you're promoting, uh, for I'm sure the parishes. as well, we have some Bangabee masses and right. we have re- reconciliation services at many of the parishes and that'll give people a wonderful opportunity to go to confession. I'd say and that's of probably of course, the, most, Im- of the
2: most important thing right now. I think that the reconciliation services, and I highly recommend them. Um, they're very moving and, uh, obviously Reconciliation, uh, confession, as we called it growing up, uh, just uh, I'm so glad we have that sacrament.
1: Yeah, the only thing I would say is don't come to the reconciliation service at St. Clair's in Roseville (laughs) because of the fact that if you, there's going to be 18, 20 priests there, and we'll be hearing confessions from 6.30 until 9.30, maybe 10 o'clock. Wow. And they'll be coming and coming and coming and coming, <laughs> and all these priests we get together for a nice dinner at about four thirty. We have a nice visit and chat and so on. Then we all go over and Father George leads this massive full church, you know, and it's a beautiful thing. So when you just well having eighteen or twenty priests together is something in itself, uh, and then all of them are going to be busy for all those hours. Uh, wow, and. Uh, there's no let up. It's just bang, 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 one person after another. You don't hardly get time to take a sip of water. Well, we have our water beside us there, so we can sip uh, all the time. But there's no break, and it's just a beautiful occasion. So, unless many other parishes doing well like that, but I think that's the largest uh, well, turnout they have any place. Uh, St. Clair has, that's uh, not, you know, they
2: their parking lot's so big, they need a golf cart to get you into the church. <laughs> it's it's...
1: Yes, indeed, indeed. Yeah, it's a... and if you, then you can get in to see one of Father George's statues.
2: Oh, I know, I know. You know,
1: yes, a million statues. Yeah, yeah. and if you don't have, if you need a new one, he'll tell you how to get it. So, <laughs> wonderful man with his uh, oh, statues he... at all. Uh, oh, every time yeah.
2: they have, you know, the relics from something, uh, it's Father George that's behind it.
1: Yes, indeed, and and you know maybe on that theme of. Uh, I, for some particular reason, have a lot of opportunity to be with priests in different situations and in parishes. And, uh, you know, with all the challenges and problems of uh, church today and society, uh, I just have, uh, you know, I've seen a lot in my time and uh, all these years and uh, seen priests come and go and styles of pastoring and stuff of that. But I would say that our young pastors today are every bit as good as they've ever been. Mm-hmm. And they're dealing with some of of great challenges, but I just admire them, you know, not being a pastor anymore myself and retired uh, from the actual pastoring. Uh, I just see them and there's more demands and there's more challenges and uh, a lot of work to be done and less priests to do more. But uh, I just wanted to say that, you know, they were, and maybe folks listening, you know, maybe just a nice little... Thank you to your priest this uh, year, uh, this Christmas or whatever, you know. doesn't have to be much. It just could be just a pat on the shoulder. Uh, you, know, you Send him a card or a little thank you note or whatever. That's probably even better. Something written down is always well appreciated. And uh, But anything, just a little tap on the shoulder or whatever, time, It doesn't have to be even Christmas Day itself. But just, you know, thank you, Father. God bless you. We love you and appreciate all you're trying to do. Uh, that would be a beautiful thing to do. And I wish that our people will experience the joy and beauty of uh, the Advent and Christmas season and be filled with Christ.
2: Very good. Well, Father, blessings to you. And uh, we'll look forward to next time our past cross. Okay.
1: God bless everybody. Thanks. As Tiny Tim said, God bless us all, everyone.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Thank <laughs> you, Father. That's Father Michael Kiernan. And uh, yeah, God bless us, everyone, as Tiny Tim. Uh, One of my favorite Christmas movies. We'll take a quick break. Back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, Some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to, to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite The Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store. Donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Four seven two zero, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Sites. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and longstanding support of the Bishop's Hour.
3: Hi, this is Laura Lynn, Assistant Director for Lay Formation. And you are listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning.
2: Thank you for that wonderful introduction for all the great work you do here in the Diocese of Sacramento. This St. John the Evangelist School, wow, this is their 45th annual holiday show of hands and craft fair, Uh, 150 plus vendors, silent auction, uh, Santa Claus probably drop in because it's such a big event, taking place Friday, December 1st. Uh, from 4 to 5 p.m., that's, there's a b- bunch of days, but Friday, def- December 1st, 4 to 5 p.m., that's the early bird. If you want to be get first, first look at all these things and first chance to buy it, and that actually has an admission charge of $10. And then Friday, December 1st, from 5 to 9, is a $5 admission. Then on Saturday, December 2nd, from 9 to 5, and that's free. And then Sunday, December the 3rd, is 9 to 3 p.m. and that is also free. Uh, it's at 5701 Locust Avenue in Carmichael. Parking's free as well. It is uh, you can go to holidayshowofhands.com to learn about everything that's that's there including a gourmet food hall and also a, a, lo- a lot of food that you can buy just just while you're shopping for all these uh, crafts and there's a, a gourmet food fair etc. Uh, 45th Annual St. John the Evangelist School fundraiser and this is this is a big deal they get thousands of people come to this we uh, talked to pat holbus the other day and this should be a really really exciting event you know the uh, uh u.s conference of, of bishops sent out uh, uh, some wonderful uh, information on advent as well you know the four sundays of of advent um uh, Sunday, December 3rd being the first one, and then the 10th, the 17th, and the 24th, Christmas Eve, is the fourth Sunday of Advent. Uh, this is from the USCCB, the U- U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, which represents all the bishops here in the, uh, the United States, beginning the church's liturgical year, Advent, from the Latin to come to, that's advenir. Is the season encompassing the four Sundays and weekdays leading up to the celebration of Christmas? The Advent season is a time of preparation that directs our hearts and minds to Christ's second coming at the end of time and to the anniversary of our Lord's birth on Christmas. From the earliest days of the church, people have been fascinated by Jesus' promise to come back. But the scripture readings during Advent tell us not to watch our time with predictions. Advent is not about speculation. Our Advent readings call us to be alert and ready, not weighted down and distracted by the cares of this world. Like Lent, the liturgical color for Advent is purple, since both are seasons that prepare us for great feast days. Advent also includes an element of penance in the sense of preparing, quieting, and uh, disciplining our hearts for the full joy of Christmas. As we prepare for Christmas, The general instruction of the Roman Missal notes some differences to the Mass that should be observed during the season. For instance, the priest wears violet or purple during Advent, except for the third Sunday of Advent, Godate Sunday, when rose may be worn. Aside from what the priest wears, other aesthetic changes in the Church can include a more modestly decorated altar. The final days of Advent, from December 17 to December 24, We focus on our preparation for the celebrations of the Nativity of our Lord at Christmas. In particular, the O antiphons are sung during this period and have been by the church since at least the eighth century. They are a magnificent theology that uses ancient biblical imagery drawn from the messianic hopes of the Old Testament to proclaim the coming of Christ as the fulfillment not only of Old Testament hopes but of present ones as well. Advent devotions, including the Advent wreath, remind us of the meaning of the season. Our Advent calendar can help you fully enter into the season with daily activity and prayer suggestions to prepare you spiritually for the birth of Jesus Christ. Beautiful words from uh, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. And uh, Pope Francis from His Angelus in 2018 says, Advent invites us to a commitment to vigilance looking beyond ourselves, expanding our mind and heart in order to open ourselves up to the needs of people, of brothers and sisters, and to the desire for a new world. Strong words, Gabe.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you expect?
2: The angel Gabriel is now oh. at the gold microphone. <laughs> Too much pressure.
0: <laughs> Too much pressure. Uh, I came in just to uh, remind everybody how to um, to uh, subscribe to the Bishop's Hour. We... Uh, are on all podcast platforms, as far as I know. It's
2: a free subscription too.
0: It is free. How many times do you hear that nowadays? And, and actually,
2: have it be real. Y- nobody's going to do anything with your information. Nope. Uh, nobody's going to you know send you anything solicitations. We will just send you good tidings.
0: It's a very one sided relationship it we is. want with you. <laughs> <It is. laughs> we want you just to listen. Um, yeah, so you can go and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, and I uh, believe uh, Google Plus and. Basically, all you do is just subscribe. Like Bob says, nothing will happen from there as far as you're not going to get spammed from us. You're not going to get um, you know us calling you and telling you that we need your money or any of that stuff. Uh, it's just going to be you log back on or, or click back on that app and... We'll take, we'll take your money. Oh, yeah, but. we'll take it. I mean, I'm not going to ask for it, but I'm not going to refuse it either.
2: Um, and no, uh, it's, it's not. It's not to cr- uh, compile a list. You see, so right. many, so many things these days where you go, why would they have placed that ad? It's just to create a list, a right. list of people that respond to ads. We, yeah, we don't do that. We're we just, don't. We don't want your information. We it's just, okay. We just uh, uh, we love you and not care at the same time. We right. don't care, but we also love you. Yeah. you know, we want <laughs> we want you to be able to listen to the Bishop's Hour at your convenience, right? Um, and and we we are on at nine p.m. at night on the traditional old radio, which been has been with us what for about a hundred years now. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, thanks, Marconi. Thanks, Mister Marconi. And uh, with that name, I'm guessing he was a Catholic. Probably. <laughs> and. Uh, um, probably wanted who was doing it for us. He was doing it for us. I was doing it for yeah, us. He knew someday yeah, yeah. the bishop's and, hour. And you can certainly listen to that on Saturday mornings at 10, but there are so many other ways to listen to it. I go I go where it's all archived and uh, mm-hmm. to the to the the scd.org sacramento catholic diocese.org find the bishop's hour which is easy to find. Just scroll down and on the, on the, down the front and page. You'll find, you, you find whatever show you want and Gabe has put together a little synopsis of what the show is about and uh, that, that's how that's how I listen when I w- want to re-listen to something or or uh, inform myself about something, and um, and it's very 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 easy, and it's available at your convenience. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's very very helpful.
0: Another thing someone brought up to me that I wanted to clarify: when you subscribe to a podcast and it shows the um, all of the episodes that you haven't listened to yet, it doesn't clog up your phone with right. data. It's just it's it's held on a server elsewhere it's just like going to a website except it's a secure site and you can access let's say a picture on a website while you're accessing the show off of a website now you can download them if you want to and you can also set your uh, phone to automatically download them that way if you're out of a service area um, something like that you can still listen to it because it'll be saved on your phone but it doesn't automatically save under your phone so it's not going to clog up your data or anything like that it's just something that is uh, it, it is essentially a website to click on and it, and it plays it plays media for you that's all it is
2: and also uh, if you go to scd.org and find the bishop's hour you'll be able to find contact information for both me and Gabe Gabe is our producer and uh, and scheduler sure. and uh, if you uh, frequently you'll there, there will be events coming up and uh, maybe you have an event coming up and you'd like to get uh, information on the air or maybe somebody at your parish or school is doing something interesting or remarkable and you think it should uh, get to some publicity or some uh, uh, credit or some coverage, uh, and that's how you get a hold of us. I
0: mean, you heard Pat Holbus earlier this
2: week, and right. she came on because she
0: sent me an email saying, hey, our parish is having this thing for Christmas. Can we get on? Right. And, and that's it really as easy as it is. There's no, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a bit of a screening process that I'm sure everyone can understand as far as a very basic one. I mean, if you're somebody we've never heard of before and your, your organization isn't necessarily Catholic, we might need to screen you a little bit. Right. But, I mean, you know, a, a kid at a school who's doing, I mean, we had our speech contest winners on. Uh, about a week or two ago, and and yep. that was just because you know those kids were doing something, and right. it doesn't have to be sports stars or or academic stars. It can be anything the kids are people, doing. People,
2: a lot of schools have service projects in the community, things yeah. things like that that are. Um, so sometimes I run into people and say, I heard heard, and uh, you know this is this is interesting, um, but how do we get on? And say, right. Well, it's as easy as, and we we want to make it easy. So yeah, all, of our, all of our information our phone numbers our emails are, are right there and uh, we are very responsive to those we, we will get back to you right away
0: My email is radio at scd.org It's pretty easy uh, send me an email and nine times out of ten if you are organization within our diocese you you will you'll definitely get a voice on the show
2: and well phoning is is, is great and it's fine. Um, with emails that uh, you, know, you, don't, you don't have to be there to answer the phone at the time and the an email will, will get back to you uh, right away as well. That's going to uh, do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. We'll talk with you again real soon.